Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. This is episode number 54 here on Block Talk Radio. It's been about a month since we were on the airway talking female boxing, but we're here back again. Uh, just a little bit of uh, things that go down sometimes on Thursdays. Mr. David Avila, my co-host, sometimes has to go cover fights, and we cannot do it on the regular Thursday, but we always come back. And like I just mentioned, Mr. David Avila is here with me today. David, how you doing? Very good, Felipe. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, well, we got a lot to catch up with in the world of female boxing. Some great fights have gone down. Some great fights are coming up this weekend and in the coming month, month and a half, that is remainder of 2018, which has been a pretty strong year for female boxing, quite possibly not the strongest that we've seen in the last four or five years, but it has been quite strong. We had some new stars emerge we had some good fights come up. Obviously, we had some fights broadcast on major networks and platforms, and we, there's more to come. We're going to be talking about this episode number 52, sorry, 54 of the Two Minute Round, your hooks and jazz look at the female boxing world. If you want to give us a call and uh, join us here with any thoughts or any questions or just uh, you know, just give us your thoughts about female boxing. You can do so at 323-580-5735, 323-580-5735. And we're going to start off with a little bit of a fight review and go over some of the fights that have gone down in female boxing for the last month, starting off on Thursday, October 11th. Uh, Iva Amadouche scored a first-round knockout over Gabriela Mezzi. Oh, okay, so I just got the word from my very own David Avila, who just texted me, was very, uh, very covert, the message, but uh, we thought we were going to get it, but we are going to have in about 15 minutes, I presume, David, 15 minutes? Yes. None other, none other, David, I mean, none other than, you know, on this show, ever since we started, we're on, you know, boxing in, gen- boxing in general is a niche sport, but it's starting to get mainstream, and we could talk about that in a little bit with The Zone and ESPN and so on and so forth. And actually, I heard a pretty good interview with Bob Arum, the great late, the great Bob Arum, talking about how it's growing, even though a lot of people have been saying for years that boxing is dead. But one thing for certain is that female boxing is a niche within the niche. If you like boxing, that's one thing. But if you like female boxing, then you're really into the nitty-gritty of the sport. And on this show, which is obviously, as you guys know, if you're listening to the show, 
is that it's 100% based on female boxing. And on this show, we've had the cream of the crop as far as female boxing. I mean, we started our first show 54 episodes ago with none other than Tom Loeffler, who is the the head honcho of Triple G Promotions, of uh, K2 Promotions, of uh, Boxing 360. And... Since then, we had everybody on here. We had Christy Martin. We had Maricela Cornejo. We've had uh, our last show. We had Jessica McCaskill. We had Mariana Juarez. We've had Sinez, uh, have we, I don't think we have Sinez. We had Marlene Esparza. We've had Clarissa Shields. We had Jelena Maranovic. We've had Amanda Serrano multiple times. We've had everybody, Shelly Vincent. We had everybody that you could ever imagine. Heather Hardy. We had anybody that you could ever imagine that is involved one way or the other with female boxing. But tonight, we have the big fish, none other than the number one pound-for-pound female fighter in the world, the undisputed, undefeated, and unified uh, welterweight champion, Cecilia Breakhouse, will be joining us in about 15 minutes. So that's a big get by Mr. Dave Avila. We appreciate it. And we're going to have her in about 15 minutes. So we're going to wait for her call. And we're going to be talking to her, all things female boxing, her career, what's coming up. Obviously, her fight on, on in December on HBO. Her fat, her last fight in the United States last May on HBO as well. So we're going to be talking to Cecilia Breakers in about 15 minutes. So let's very rapidly go through the fight review here. Uh, Thursday, October 11th, from France, Mava Hamlucci scored her first round uh, knockout over Gabriela Mezzi in a scheduled eight round. It's just a keep busy fight for the highly tutored, highly ranked Mava Hamaduchi. And on the on the next night, on Friday, Friday October the 12th, uh, Rosalinda Rodriguez scored a unanimous decision over Martina Hosgas in a six rounder in South Carolina. Rosalinda is a fighter who is a little bit up and coming. She won the NABF title. I think about a year, year and a half ago. But since then, she really has been kept dormant, hasn't been getting a lot of action. So hopefully we start seeing a little bit more of her because she is undefeated and has uh, what it seems a little bit of talent. Now, on Saturday, October 13th from Buenos Aires, Argentina, Jessica Tatuti Bob proved why she's a legendary fighter in the lower weight class, scoring a, a 10th round TKO over the tough Sandra Robles in a scheduled 10-rounder in Argentina, defending her WBA 108-pound title. David, I don't know if you had a chance to watch this fight, but it was a dominating no, performance. It was a dominating performance by Bob. Sandra Robles is a very tough fighter. Um, uh, she has a lot of uh, heart. She has a lot of stamina. But Tuti Bob did something that none, nobody had done before, which was stop Sandra Robles. Sandra Robles had suffered two losses previously. She suffered her loss earlier in her career against the uh, current interim Adam Weight WBC champion Brenda Flores. And then in her another attempt for a world title against Anabela Avispa Ortiz, she had lost there via it was a TKO, but it was more of a of a cut more than anything. She wasn't hurt or anything like that, but she suffered a cut and she wasn't able to continue. So she was stopped there. But against Bob, she was completely dominated and stopped in the last round. So Bob continues to be the WBA 108-pound champion. On the same night, but in Mexico City, Lourdes Juarez keeps winning. It keeps going towards a world title with the United decision over Gabriela Sanchez Saavedra in an eight-rounder. Another keep-busy fight for La Pequena Nulus. Scores there were 77-75 three times. And also on Saturday, October the 13th, 
from your call in London. Chantel Cameron scored a unanimous decision over Jessica Gonzalez in a 10-rounder to defend her IBO lightweight title and also capture the vacant WBC silver title at 135 pounds. So she might be a future opponent for the one Katie Taylor or Michaela Mayer if Michaela Mayer goes back up to 135. Scores there were 189 and 182 two times. Jessica Gonzalez was deducted a point for, I think, holding. And also on Saturday, October 13th, that was a big night for female boxing. Michaela Mayer scored United's decision over Vanessa Bradford in an eight-rounder to capture the NABF 130-pound title. Scores there were 80-71 three times. And Mayer just keeps getting better and better, right, David? Absolutely, man. She looks like a monster. Mm. And I think it's not only her skill. You know, she she knows how to box. She's 20, what is she, 27, 28, 29 years old? She started started boxing a little bit later in in life. You know, usually uh, male and female boxers, uh, start boxing, you know, in their in their early teens or even in their mid-teens. She started boxing in her late teens. But even though it doesn't seem like she started so late, she's very athletic. Uh, she has great uh, technique. And uh, and the fact of her, the physical advantages that she has at 130, 135 pounds where, where she's so much taller than her opponents and has a longer reach, that if she wanted to, she could make fights boring and fight from the outside and keep her opponents at bay with that jab and that right hand. But she opts to try to look for the knockout. I mean, she didn't score it against Vanessa Bradford, but you could tell that she's always looking for the knockout. She's trying to make things exciting, and that's what I like about her, that if she wanted to, she could just coast to a win, but she still looks to to put on a show and go for the knockout. Yeah, and that's what it's all about in the professional ranks. It's about entertaining and going for the knockout is part of it. Yeah, and, and I think she's doing it now. She did go down to 130 pounds, which was the weight around the weight that she was competing at as an amateur. She, in her early career, uh, with top rank, she had fought uh, closer to 135. But she mentioned it here on our show because we've had Mikaela Mayer here is uh, that she she was planning on going down to 130 because she could still make that weight and win a title there and then move up to 135. And that in her eyes. One way or the other, sooner or later, later, it was unavoidable of her meeting Katie Taylor as a professional. Yeah, that's a good plan to have, uh, winning the 131st and then going up to 135. Yeah, because she brings something to the table. She's a, she's a world champion at 130. She could bring something to the table at 135 against Katie Taylor. Now, moving on to Sunday, October 14th in Bayern, Germany, Emma Cozy finally was able to beat Iraiz Hernandez in a 10-rounder. They had fought to a draw about a month, month and a half ago, or actually about two months ago uh, before this fight. And But she finally was able to score the unanimous decision to capture the vacant WIBA 168-pound title. Scores were 99-91 two times and 98-92. And now she has about 14, 15, 16 fights, so hopefully she starts making a little bit more noise and she starts going for some of the bigger names at 168 pounds. Napole- uh, Alicia Napoleon is there. Um, Marisela Cornejo was there. She's moving down to 154. Obviously, we know that Clarissa Shields moved down to 160. One that is coming towards 168 is uh, still current uh, WBC heavyweight champion, Alejandra, what's her last name? Alejandra Jimenez. Yeah, she's slowly moving down to 168. So there's there's some names there. There's some names that Emma Cozy can take on at 168. She's undefeated. She has 
he's had some couple of tough fights, especially this one against Iraiz Hernandez, the first to draw and not the the uh, the unanimous decision. So let's see if in 2018 she starts making a little bit more noise and gets some bigger names on her ledger. Scores in this fight were 99-91 two times in 98-92. On Friday, October 19th, the veteran Marcela Acuña scored a split decision win over Mayelin Rivas to defend her IBF 122-pound title. Scores were 97-93 and 96-94 for Acuña. Rivas were 96-94. She suffered a loss this year, David, and now she wins a split decision over Rivas. So Acuña is pretty long in the twos. I mean, she's, I think, in her early 40s or mid-40s. So I think these other not-so-talented fighters are catching up with her and they're able to give her some good fights or even beat her to a certain extent. But she ended up recapturing that IBF title but we don't know how much longer we have Marcela Cunha. She is somewhat of a name relatively in Argentina. I mean, Bob is there, and she's there, and um, Pantera Farias is there. Uh, but uh, we'll see how much longer we have Marcela Cunha, who's been fighting forever in, in Argentina and hardly ever leaves her country, though. On, uh, yeah, on, Saturday, on Saturday, October 20th, for Nostra, Eva Vorberger scored a unanimous decision over another Argentinian Luna Del Mar Torroba in a 10-rounder for the interim WBC 118-pound title. Scores there were 96-94 three times, which seems to be a pretty close fight. And that same night from the TD Garden, formerly the uh, – what was the name of that that venue before? The, uh, the I forget what it was called. The Celtics play there. What was it called? Anyways, uh, Matchroom Boxing USA gave us on the zone – Katie Taylor scoring a unanimous decision over Cindy Serrano, the, the older sister of Amanda Serrano, at 135 pounds to defend her IBF and WBA title scores. There were a dominating 193 times. David, you had mentioned on the show here before that you were really going to keep an eye on this fight because you felt that that was the first real opponent that Katie Taylor was facing. What were your thoughts on that fight? Oh, uh, well, basically, you know, Taylor had a way. Uh, she, she wasn't able to knock out Cindy Serrano. So, you know, she did dominate the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she I, did dominate. Yeah, and, and I, it was... And it's funny because, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, David. Well, well she, she did dominate the fight. And and the other thing, too, is the fact that uh, Jessica McCaskill has won the title against Erica Farias. That kind of bumps Katie Taylor up to the pound for pound now. I mean, those two wins... Now we know how good Jessica McCaskill is. And the fact she beat, she, now she gets bumped up because she hadn't fought anybody of note. They were all okay. sure slam dunks. Mm-hmm. And now the Cena Serrano fight, I mean, it was kind of surprising. I thought that Cena Serrano, I, I, don't, I, don't th- I don't think she was there to survive. I think that in the beginning when the fight started, I think she was looking for a way to win. But then it was, I think it was evident fairly quickly that that Katie Taylor was just too much, just too much for, for Cindy, a Cindy Serrano who doesn't get a lot of action. So it must be hard to get in the ring after a, a half a year, a year of inactivity, and then have a, a fighter of Katie Taylor's caliber in front of you throwing punches. So it, obviously Cindy Serrano, a veteran of the fight game, she has a very uh, experienced corner as well in, in Jordan Maldonado. Then, um, not that they were looking to survive, but I think she just went into a mode where she just wanted to get through with the fight, wasn't looking to win anymore, and just wanted to finish the fight. And we saw exactly that happen. 
from Boston, Massachusetts, 100 to 93 times with Katie Taylor. And who knows from Sydney Serrano goes from there. Her WBO title, which she held, she doesn't hold anymore. She's not a world champion anymore. Who knows if she's going to keep fighting? Who knows if she's going to go down to 126 again or maybe try to make a run at 130? Let's see what happens, you know. So, but Katie Taylor winning that fight and hopefully looking for bigger fish to fry in 2019. On Friday, October 26th in Poland, Ewa Brodnika scored a unanimous decision over Nocifo Bell in a 10-rounder for the WBO 122-pound title. Scores there were 98-92 and 97-93 two times. And from on Saturday, October 27th, from Sofia, Bulgaria, Savannah Marshall, the English fighter, her claim to fame is the only fighter to this point that has ever been Clarissa Shields. She did it in the amateurs. Um, she was she signed to the money team early in her career. She only did, I think, one fight with them and decided to go back home to England. Now she's like 5-0, 6-0. Well, she scored a, a unanimous decision with Janina Orozco in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBA Intercontinental 168-pound title. That was on Saturday, October 27th. And now, folks, I think we have reached the point where we have with us None other than the undisputed, undefeated, and unified WBO, WBC, WBA, IBF. I think is the she's the IBO champion. I think as well. I believe, and she just received the first ever Ring Magazine female boxing title. None other than Cecilia Breakout. Miss Patrin, Miss Breakout, is that you? Hello. Hi, David. Hi, Cecilia. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Cecilia, my name is Felipe, yeah. Felipe Leon. Along with us is David Avila. I'm his co-host. We want to thank you, first of all, for being with us here on the two-minute round, uh, the Hooks and Jabs look at the female boxing world. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us. And with that said, I'm going to pass the baton to Mr. David Avila. Well, Cecilia, you've had a busy week, a uh, busy couple of weeks, uh, you were at the Lakers game last night. How was that? Oh, that was amazing. That is my second basketball game ever. And, um, well, the first one was in Portland, actually, when we were up there and visiting the Jordan team and um, the Nike headquarters. So that was um, um, quite some uh, adventure, 24 hours in Portland. And, uh and um, well, you know, I'm just I, I like basketball. I, I'm I'm starting to becoming a real fan of these uh, these athletes and the people around. And um, uh, I just uh, I just uh, having so much fun getting getting to learn the sport. And yesterday at the Lakers fight uh, game, sorry game, was <laughs> 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 so much fun. <laughs> I'm taking so much heat. I wrote on Twitter. I wrote I wrote match basketball match on Twitter and I'm taking so much heat for for that. I will never <laughs> never do that again. I apologize sincerely. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you, you weren't raised in the United States, so it's it's uh, people expect you to know everything about basketball, but you know, every country is different. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have basketball in in Norway. You know, when I'm I'm from, we uh, we don't basketball is not a, a sport. We are basically most uh, you know ski and stuff like that. Anything you can do on snow is a big big sport in our country. 
So, so how's the transition coming from Norway to training in Los Angeles? What has it been like your experience so far? Oh well, um, oh, where, where do I start? Uh, well, well, in Norway right now, you know, it's really cold. It's winter and snow, and over here it's sunny, warm, uh, and um, and uh, you know, I'm from a country with six million people, and 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 only in LA there is much more than that. So it's of course uh, everything is much bigger than here uh, over here, and and. Uh, and that is um that is something i have to of course adjust to um um but this is not my first time in la so i'm i'm really getting settled and i'm 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 been taken so good so good care of by my team and people here and i'm i'm getting so well and warm to receive so this is kind of like my second home now so we we having a great training camp here and i'm really enjoying life now so, so that that's another thing that some people don't know that you fought here in May. You were the first woman to perform on HBO. Uh, you, you were in a, a riveting fight. At, at first, you you got the upper hand real quickly, and then in the second half, it became a a, a real fight. Uh, what was your experience like fighting in the Stub Hub for the first time, a sold out crowd and on HBO? What was that like? Oh, that's amazing. You know, I just, uh, you know, I have all my fights are really exciting, you know. So I'm 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 used I'm headlining or co-headlining shows all over the world. Uh, Norway, Denmark, Russia, you name it. But but StubHub was special. That was very special. You know, it was outside and the crowd was um it was a really boxing crowd, you know. They know they know their boxing, they love uh, boxing, and it was an, just an amazing atmosphere. So, and and the fight was a thriller, and my next fight will be nothing less. So I I'm just really looking forward to come back and and really show what, what I'm I'm capable of. And how how is your your training going? Uh, are you sparring with anybody in particular that the fans might know? Oh yeah, my training is going great. Um, I have my coach um, Jonathan Banks there, and my uh, sparring partner Dominic um, Dalton, and uh, we have some girls for sparring. We brought uh, Marcella Cornejo in for for sparring, the former world champion, um, because I think it's important to have um, hungry young girls in the gym, and and uh, the best is to have some world champions because. It's just another mentality, you know, and uh, I, I want to have, I like to surround myself with, with, girl, with, with people, you know, who, who works hard to, to achieve the goals, and, um, and uh, that's me, that's the people I like to have around me. So me and uh, Maricela are, are doing some great work together in, gym, in the gym right now. Oh, that's great to hear that uh, Maricela is working with you. Um, what does she bring to the table for you? Uh, she is a little bigger. Um, what does she she bring uh, for you in in terms of training and sparring? Oh yeah, she is. Uh, she is bigger. She's much bigger. <laughs> so so I have to, you know, I have to be be careful and uh, um, I have to use my uh, movements uh, and I have to be extremely focused because of course she she's bigger than me and. And she has some good heavy punches, and and she's uh, um, 
she's a lot heavier than me, so so I always need to be careful and on my toes, toes. And I think this is really good. I have to be so concentrated and focused every second. Um, so uh, and she's also, you know, she she's just coming back from. She's just come out of a loss, you know. She's hungry, determined to to get back there and could get back to the top and she has that mentality uh, uh, which I love to which I absolutely love so we we are doing uh, we are doing some great stuff in the gym now and, and when, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago or, or was it, oh last week um I asked you uh, what weight are you you're going to be uh, fighting at and for the fans uh, we we discussed that me and you and for the fans that uh, can you tell uh, them what you told me about uh, moving up or down in the weight divisions? Oh yeah, you know we uh, we uh, we did uh, made a negotiation with world champions actually for this fight, uh, December eighth, in uh, both uh, <laughs> both up and down in weight. Uh, so we um, that so we did that uh, <laughs> up till. Uh, uh unfortunately we um we got the message that this could not be done uh at uh, this particular date but uh, next year we are um uh we are uh, uh, uh putting that um we we are going uh, back to to those negotiations and like i uh, like i said uh, uh, they are both world champion and girls um, and champs over in the weight division over me and under me and I for me I don't care you know it's the same going up going down um, it just has to make sense uh, the, the whole package yeah, it, you also mentioned that your dream is to fight in Vegas in a big mega fight is that still one of your goals for this year this coming year for, ne- for, for 2019 next year I would love to do yeah. that absolutely and one of those fights, you know, it could be a, a fight against Cyborg. That could be a, a, such a, a, a mega fight, mega match. That's a fight that could, you know, go anywhere in the world. But, you know, imagine something like that in, in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, the female version of McGregor and Mayweather um, in Las Vegas. That would be huge and um, so I, I definitely still dream of going to Las Vegas, and uh, so, you know I just right now I just have to focus on my my next date. Um, but for sure, there's always a dream to to go there. Cecilia, I'm going to pass you on to Felita. I know he's been itching to talk to you. He's never spoken to you before, so <laughs> I'm going to pass you on to Felita. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you, Cecilia, for being with us. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Quick question. I, I mean, I'm fascinated by your story. I mean, I know for, you're from, you're Colombian, but grew up in Norway. Do you speak Spanish? No, I don't. And um, <laughs> I can explain why. I was adopted from uh, Colombia, Cartagena, when I was a little girl. I was two and a half years old. And, uh, you know, my parents are Norwegian, um, uh, you know they have uh, blonde hair, light skin, blue eyes, and uh, and they only speak Norwegian, and 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 so did all my uh, friends and family and everybody around me. So so I kind of lost my 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 Spanish, which was uh, which is very sad, uh, and 
Uh, I do speak German, though, uh, since I lived in Germany for seven years and, and was a fighter over in Germany. So uh, maybe maybe I will take up some Spanish again. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> now, without without getting too much into it, have you gone back to uh, Colombia, or do you have contact with your biological parents, or that's something that's in the past and you don't you don't care to do that? Well, I, I don't. Uh, you know, my biological parents are uh, no longer alive, and uh, mm. I was one. I was in Colombia one time because my brother is also adopted from from Colombia. He's wow. adopted from the from another city. Yeah, from Bogota. <laughs> so we are not blood, you know. But but he's also adopted from Colombia. So so I've oh. been back a couple of times. Yeah. So your 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 Norwegian parents. Not only adopted you, but adopted another Col- a Colombian boy from Bogota yes. and and brought him to live in Norway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. That's even more fascinating. I mean, I, I I started the interview saying I'm fascinated with with your story, and now even more fascinated. Now I kind of want to yes. talk to your I want to talk to your parents. <laughs> See, well, let's, they are let's, pretty amazing. Yeah. Last question about that subject. Why, why Colombia? Why did your parents decide on adopting from Colombia and not another country? Because there were so cute babies coming from Colombia. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think, uh, um, I think maybe uh, there was at that particular time. I think there was this. Um, um, cooperation between Norway and Colombia because at this. At this time, this this period of time, there's a lot of children in Norway uh, adopted from uh, from uh, Colombia. Mm. Wow, that's really interesting. Well, uh, moving on to boxing, in your last your last year, you fought three times in 2017. This next fight on December 8th is gonna be your third fight this year. So. Uh, this year. Are you looking to stay that active in 2019? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you go back, um, if you go back a couple of years in my career, you will see, um, if you just take away the year where where I was um, uh, out with, I broke my foot and I was out for one year. But if you look away from that, I, I, I always, uh, I always fight three, four times a year, and and that's what I like to do. I like to stay busy, and um, there's so many exciting female fighters who I want to share the ring with, also. So if I could fight even more, I would. But <laughs> but uh, but uh, definitely, I'm going for um, for three fights uh, next year if I can get if I can stay healthy and and everything goes uh, go goes as planned. And now the ratio, two fights in the United States, one in, in this time Russia or maybe Europe in 2019, do you want to keep it the same, fighting twice in the United States and maybe one other fight back in Europe? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, in my home country, you know, I, I actually, where I am headlining uh, boxing shows there and, and we are selling out some, some big uh, venues, so... We are planning on going back to Norway again. We we sold out 10,000 tickets there for um uh the last time and uh, and uh, we we are planning on getting going back to Norway again uh, 2019 and uh, 
and uh, definitely back to also fighting here in the states. So, so I will I will be um, um, looking for uh, for for both uh, both of those um, uh, possibilities. Yes. Now there was a strong rumor that you were probably going to face uh, the newly crowned 140-pound WBC champion on December 8th, Jessica Macaxco. It almost seemed like it was a done deal, and then all of a sudden they announced Alexandra Lopes as your opponent. What happened with Macaxco? Were you? Did you know that that was an opponent that we're talking about? And how much say do you have of who you fight next, or do you leave that completely up to Tom Loeffler? No, we are a good team on that. We are a very good team on that. And we are, um, I was actually, um, I told him that I wanted Kelly Rice for my first fight on HBO. And I asked him to uh, give Jessica McCaskey an offer for December 8th. Um, That was right after Amanda Serrano, unfortunately, had to turn we we couldn't make it with Amanda because Eddie, that sneak, you hear me, Eddie? <laughs> he took her and and he gave her a two fight uh, contract. I'm just kidding. I'm so happy for her. She deserves everything. And Eddie keeping her in boxing, it just makes uh, it makes me very happy that we are not losing her for MMA. But um, that also yeah. uh, meant that she could not be my opponent for December eighth. And I asked for Jessica then. Um, Jessica had also, um, there was a lot of uh, things that had to be uh, done and deal, dealt with on her side. I think there was some rematch clauses. There was something, she, she has uh, agreement with Eddie. And, you know, there was a lot of things with that uh, need to be resolved at that uh, point, And we just didn't have time to, to, to wait for that. Uh, but uh, that can ha- happen on a later time. Um, but luckily, we had a very exciting name in, in Lopez. You know, she 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 was ready to get. Um, she was actually supposed to be fighting in November, but she turned down that fight to face us in December eighth, and that says a lot about her commitment to this. Now we know. I know we have a little bit more time with you. Very short time. So two more questions, and then we'll let you go and get some rest because we know we're getting ready for that fight. Now you mentioned. You mentioned Cyborg as a mega fight for you in Las Vegas, hopefully. Do you see another name in boxing, not so much MMA, in boxing that you could face that would be an equal mega fight as Cyborg? You know what? What's happening now in professional boxing for women is amazing. I, You know, it's just exploding. You have Clarissa fighting... Um, um, Defending her titles uh, this week, and um, and uh, you have uh, Katie Taylor. You had um, you have Amanda Serrano, and uh, I can just I can basically just go on and on, and and all these fights will be huge fights uh, for women boxing. And my last question, Cecilia. Um, HBO is gone December 8th. You're, you have the honor of being the main event for the last telecast for HBO, at least as we know it. Um, any talks with Eddie Hearn, who we have mentioned, and what we've been seeing with the zone? Clarissa's going to be fighting there this weekend, first time, maybe not the last time for her. You mentioned Amanda Serrano getting a deal with them so she could stay in boxing. We've done, we've seen what Eddie has done with Katie Taylor. Do you think you and Tom Loeffler will be interested in maybe sitting down with the zone and setting something up with them for 2019? 
Well, um, we have to, of course, uh, first uh, fulfill our commitments to HBO. And after that, we will just see um, uh, what the, where the road will take us. And uh, I'm very happy with everything Tom has done for me. He put, he put on the first women fight on HBO. He, he now, we, we now have a female bout headlining HBO first time ever. And um, that is all, right now that's all what I'm focused on. And I'm so ready and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, bring on a, a, a great show. So I am so honored to get this chance, and I promise I will not disappoint. Thank you, Cecilia. It was a pleasure, a real pleasure having you on the show with us. We know you have to go and get your rest for tomorrow's training day. We want to thank you, and hopefully next time we have you on the show, we can have you for a little bit more time. We thank you uh, very much. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you, Cecilia. Bye. Good night. Bye. And there you have it, folks, Miss Cecilia Breakout, the undisputed, unified, undefeated welterweight champion and arguably the number one pound-for-pound fighter, female fighter in the world, Cecilia Breakout, here on the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at female boxing. Some great some great uh, insight there uh, from her, David. And she kind of – it wasn't exclusive, but it's not a real known thing that Amanda Serrano actually signed a deal with – Eddie Hearn and DAZN, and she's going to possibly fighting, uh, keep fighting in boxing because I'm sure he's paying her a pretty penny. Yeah, yeah, that's great news. I mean, I'm very happy for Amanda. Uh, she's a great fighter, and if she can get more uh, out of fighting uh, as a boxer, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and, and I think that it's only it's a logical move for Cecilia that once HBO is gone, which they will be on this after December eighth, that and I'm sure Eddie Hearn thinking about it is gonna is gonna be able to put something together because as she said it herself, I mean I know that she has a TV I think she has a TV deal back in Norway because she does very yeah. well. They actually even though female I mean actual boxing in general was banned from Norway for thirty years and Cecilia Breakhouse was the one to to get that ban lifted, and even though exactly. it was banned, they would still broadcast it in her in her country because she's such a big name in Norway. Um, I'm sure that with the Zone being a worldwide uh, company, and they also show a lot of sports from Europe, it only makes sense that Eddie Hearn goes after Cecilia Breakhouse once her for her commitment with HBO ends, which it will on December eighth. Yeah, and uh, Cecilia is fighting on December eighth. At the Scuff Hub against uh, Alexandra Madriac Lopez, and also uh, Lulu Houghton is fighting on that same card. They're doing the rematch with Brenda Flores, maybe uh, for the WBC interim WBC Adam Weight title. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a big night of female boxing as well as general boxing because Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez is the same semi main event. But as she mentioned, you know. HBO is giving their last hurrah in boxing, at least as we know it, with uh, another record-breaking night, which will be featuring a female fight at the main event, which is, it is Cecilia Breakhouse. Yeah, that's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. I yeah. hope, uh, the only thing I hope for is that it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cold, though. It's going to be really cold because it gets cold at, at night there at the stub hub. Yeah, bring your warm clothing that night, everybody. There you go. So going going back to our, our rewind, David, 
fairly quickly here. Uh, we talked about Savannah Marshall that same night, but in Switzerland on Saturday, October 27th, Maribel Ramirez, Mexican fighter, defending her WBA 150-pound title, scored a unanimous decision over Anilla Seki. Seki was down in the second in the second round, and the scores there were 98-91 two times in 97-92. The same night from San Luis Potosí, Mexico, Promotions del Pueblo on Televisa, Mexico's biggest network gave us Mariana Juarez scoring a unanimous decision over Susie Ramadan and a 10-rounder. Uh, Juarez defending her WBC Bantamweight title scores there were dominating 190, 99-90, and 98-91. And this was going to be the date, David, that Mariana Juarez was going to face Jackie Nava. But as we all know, that fight did not happen. And... Both have said publicly after their fights, because Jackie Nava did fight just recently, and we're going to go over that in a little bit, that they still want to face each other. They just have to come to some kind of agreement. Supposedly, publicly, they have said, both of them have said that they don't know why the talks between their promoters, uh, you know, deteriorated, but it just didn't happen. And both of them want to fight. They've actually been a little bit, a little bit of trash talk between them, um, in the in the media in Mexico, um, so it's just a matter of hopefully time. But one thing that they don't have a lot of is time because both of them are getting up there. They're both getting up there close to 40 years both old. I think, yeah, both are 38 years old. So this fight has to happen. It has to happen soon, or else it's just gonna be. Uh, well, it's it's gonna be relevant because they're both champions now. Mm-hmm. But but something has to happen. It has to happen soon for it to have relevance. Um, so same night on on October 27th from Madison Square Garden, New York. This was another the second ever female fight ever televised by HBO. Heather Hardy scored a unanimous decision over the tough Shelly Vincent in the 10 rounder for the vacant WBO featherweight title. That was the title that Sydney Serrano held for some time. Scores were 99-91 and 97-92 two times. David, I watched this fight. I thought the, the first half was competitive. I think Heather Hardy kind of took over in the second half. But I think every round, to me, was a close round. It was a close fight. Yeah. But you got to choose a winner for every round. And, and Heather Hardy got the nod because I think she was just a little bit more accurate. She showed a little bit more boxing acumen. But Vincent was right there with her every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. She seemed to, to slow down in the second half. And Heather just took over in that second half. But that first half, it was very neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I have believe to give so. credit to both of them because they, they they fought their best. Yeah, they fought. And, you know, two fighters also in their mid to late 30s. Um, but, but you know, great fighters, both of them. I kind of – I feel for Shelly. She's such a tough fighter. Uh Tough story, you know. She's gone through some stuff. She's mentioned it here on our show, and and everywhere, anywhere that gives her the opportunity to speak, that boxing saved their life. And not that I was rooting for her because I didn't really have a favorite. I just wanted to see a good fight, and I think we got a good fight. We got a great fight. Yeah. Uh. Uh. But you know, I think it would have been a little bit nice and maybe set up a, a third one between them if Vincent would have gotten the nod. Yeah, it's sad because uh, while I was watching it, you listen, listen to the commentators, and for them, it's like the first time they've ever done a female fight, and you could tell it was it was different for them. And they were so busy watching it, they didn't know what to say at times because it was just different. They had only done male fights. 
Yeah, well, they've done one before, one other female fight, which was, uh, yeah. you know, Cecilia Breakhouse. But it was also a shame that they, they, I mean, it's it's her story. She's been in prison. She's gotten in trouble. She dabbled in drugs. She she's spoken about it. She was an alcoholic. She's talked about her 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 mom passed away. She's talked about it. But that's not all she is. She's a fighter, and she's there to fight. And I think that that they were so focused on that part of the story and even getting getting to the point that that they actually put that as 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 you know and the graphic in, in the in the telecast i think that was kind of in bad hmm. taste with hbo you know i didn't notice that that's a good point yeah when they when they i don't know you didn't notice it but a lot of people did that when they put like the you know little bit of tidbits about the fighter the first thing that they put is that she had been arrested x amount of times for assault or whatever it was you know and i thought it's like i mean she does a lot of good things i mean she she donates tickets to to kids to go see her fight you know she i i follow her on social media and she's always pushing selling mm-hmm. tickets cuz she's a big ticket seller and Heather Hardy is too but oh, yeah. she also but she also tries to get people to donate tickets like ask people hey if you can't go to the fight can you still buy a ticket because we're going to take these kids from the inner city to watch the fight you know that's yeah. commendable she but they don't put that up. yeah they don't put that on the HBO graphic which i thought was you know, in bad taste by the network, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, on Saturday, November 3rd, from the Quiet Canyon Country Club in Montebello, California, All-Star Boxing uh, put on a fight, but in the main event, she's a big ticket seller. She's very popular in the L.A. region, and she's building up, hopefully, to a world title opportunity next year. Adelaida La Cobra re-scored a second-round TKO over Joseph Vizcaino in the sixth-rounder at 115 pounds. Vizcaino was down twice in the first round, and then once again in the second round. So little by little, Adelaide Reese is not only getting better, gaining experience, but developing her power. And she actually went down to 115. She had been fighting at Bantamweight. David, you were there in the house. What can you tell us about Adelaide's performance? Well, I was really impressed because uh, this guy, you know, I'd seen her before, and, and she fought against Anita Estrada. And, but in this fight, from the get-go, this uh, guy, you know, was on the run. She wasn't trying to stand and fight. She was basically on the run. And mm-hmm. Adelaida Ruiz just tracked her down. I mean, I was impressed with her, her mobility. I mean, she was right on her. Every time she moved, she moved. And it didn't matter what direction she had, uh, she had something for her. And uh, I was also impressed with the fact she went down to 115. And she was very comfortable, very strong, didn't seem weak after she said she's even considering going down to 112 which I find incredible because she's 5'5". Five, five. I, think, I think the lower she goes David the better she's going to get and the better fight she's going to get. Um, I would love to see her at 112. I think there's a lot of fighters there that she could really give them a run or even defeat. I, obviously these fights I think she's only like 6-0, and 7-0 oh, oh. these are all um, development fights for Adelaida. Obviously, we know her story. We've had her on the show here before where she actually retired for almost 10 years. Uh, she started a family and had three kids and came back to boxing because she didn't want to, you know, get to the point where she was going to think, what if, what what would have happened if, if I would have came back to boxing? And she decided to do it. And she, now she's in the thick of it. And 
I really want to see her now, David, and I think it's going to take a little bit more money than Astar Boxing is able to provide. Not that they provide any money, I, I assume. Adelaide Reese is buying her fight with ticket sales. Um, but I think it's got to get to the point where hopefully a promoter picks her up. You know, Tom Lawler, I think he would do a great job with her on those uh, wins, on those Tuesday night fights, even obviously Golden Boy promotions. Um, but I really now, I think that we've seen enough of her develop, and I think we really have to see a fight. Maybe not a top 10 contender, but maybe a top 20, you know, top 15, where we can actually see her have some adversity and we can see what she does with it. Yeah, she, so far she's fought two opponents that were very good. Uh, and she knocked out one, and she won a decision with the other. And uh, uh, she, I think you're right, a top 20 is right where she needs to belong. And that's the thing, David. I mean, we you can fight a good fighter, but, but if they don't bring nothing to the table, then you're going to knock them out like she did, and rightfully so, and, and, and kudos to her. But I think it's time that we see her with somebody that maybe we don't think that she could be or maybe it's somebody that could go be 50-50 because that way I want to lose – I want to see her lose a couple rounds and see what she adjusts – what she does as an adjustment to to be able to pull it off in a, hopefully a six-rounder because if you lose a couple rounds in a four-rounder, you're done. But in a six-rounder or even an eight-rounder, like maybe start off a little bit slow because the other fighter is bringing on something that she's never seen before, and now she has to adjust to see – how she's going to pull off that win, and I think that's what champions are made of. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, you're right on that. See, so hopefully uh, her her people uh, can do something about that, but we know how hard it can be when you're basically your own promoter selling the tickets to pay not only your purse but your opponent, and, and it's very hard to get to that point to be able to bring on an opponent that's going to be able to test you a little bit. So hopefully in 2019 she can uh, – drum up some interest from some of the promoters out there. On Friday, November 9th from Manchester, UK, Savannah Marshall fights again, David. This guy, this time scoring a second-round TKO over Claudia Vig in a scheduled six-rounder at 168 pounds. Vig was down in each, in each round, in the first and the second. So here we have a, a an Olympian, uh, amateur standout, signs with the money team, Floyd Mayweather's outfit, gets one fight in about a year, and in a span of a month back home, she gets two fights, basically doubles the money the money team's output in a month's time here, at least in this year. And she's fought twice, and obviously she's fought more times than that. So that only goes to show that signing with the money team is quite possibly not the best thing you can do, even though Floyd Mayweather is the president or the namesake of the company. And I'm talking to you, uh, Layla MacArthur and Ava Knight. Yeah, well, she, she, Savannah's doing good over there, so she's in the right place. Mm-hmm. And let's see if she could actually pursue and make a campaign to get a fight with Clarissa Shields, because obviously there's a story there. You know, the zone is doing very well in um, providing these backstories for their fighters. Clarissa's going to be fighting the zone, and there's a great backstory there with. Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. And obviously, it's got to be obvious how competitive Clarissa Shields is, super competitive how she is. She wants to get that thorn out of her sight and beat Savannah Marshall as a professional. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you know Correto, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Now, finally, on the fight review Saturday, November 10th from Poland, Ewa Piatkowska scored unanimous decision over Ornella Domini in the 10-rounder for the WBC Super Welterweight title. Scores there were 190, 99, 91, and 98, 92. Interesting and finally, point. Interesting point. Go ahead, David. Uh, 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 excuse me. But Ewa Piatkowska, the person she beat to win the title, was Alexandra uh, Magziak uh, Lopez, who is going to be fighting uh, Cecilia Breakers. So Lopez is, is, is considered, she's been fighting at 147 and 154. She's gone up and down. Yes. Mm. Well, there you go. Uh, now, and now Piazgatka is the world champion at 154 pounds. And who knows, you know, Cecilia Brejas mentioned that she had made offers at a hundred at, at fighters above her weight class, 154, and and lower weight class. Jessica Makowski possibly being one of them at 140. So who knows if Ewa Piakowski could be a future opponent for for not only Cecilia Brejas but for her sparring partner Maricela Cornejo, who has announced that she will be going down to the 154 pound uh, weight limit. From 168 pounds. Last time that we saw Maricela Cornejo, she was dominated to a certain extent by um, one of our past guests as well, Franchon Cruz. And now um, Cornejo will be moving down to 154, although she has not announced when and where that first bout back will be. We're going to guess that it's going to be in 2019. And lastly, this last Saturday from Tijuana, Mexico, Sanford Promotions gave us on the Azteca channel, Jackie Nava scoring a seventh-round TKO over Venezuela's Carolina Alvarez in a 10-rounder for the interim WBA title, and Jasmine La Rosita Rivas scoring a unanimous decision over Cristina del Valle Pacheco in 122 pounds, defending her WBA title. Scores there were 99-91 and 98-92 two times, and Nava very hard worker, looked great at 118 pounds of weight class that she had not fought since her the early beginnings of her career. She actually won the same title, or actually the full-fledged title, the WBA 118-pound title. That was the first title that she ever won as a professional, and now she has won it again, at least the interim version of it. And um, it looks like she's there to stay because she's chasing that Mariana Juarez fight. Yeah, that's the, that's the fight to make in Mexico. That is the fight. That is a fight to make in not only Mexico, David, but I think in, in, in female boxing worldwide. I mean, unless you make a fight with, between Cecilia Breakhouse and Clarissa Shields or Cecilia Breakhouse and Amanda Serrano or Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor or even Amanda Serrano, Micaela Mayer, I don't think there's a bigger fight in female boxing than Mariana Juarez against Jackie Nava. Yeah, they're two uh, icons of boxing, one from northern Mexico, one from central Mexico. Exactly, and and if you know politics and if you know the culture of Mexico, uh, the the animosity somewhat that exists <laughs> between northern Mexico and, and central or Mexico City is one that has existed throughout the history of Mexico, <laughs> not only culturally, but in sports, and we actually saw a big slice of it years and years ago in the in, in those three fights between Eric Morales and Marco Antonio Barrera. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. So it's 
So, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. There's this whole thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the United States it can compare to something. Maybe if you want to compare it sports-wise, you know how Southern California has their teams, and we have rivalries against Northern California teams. Um, if you want to think about uh, the East Coast against the West Coast, or, you know, whatever the case may be, L.A. against New York, it's the same kind of thing when it comes from to Northern Mexico and and in Mexico City, but when it comes to boxing, there is possibly no bigger cities in the boxing world in Mexico than Tijuana and Mexico City. So there it is. It's it's it has a it's a perfect backstory uh, for that fight. So hopefully it gets made in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I, I really do hope it it happens. Now, David, uh, this week is, is gearing up. I think tomorrow is the official opening, but fighters are starting to trickle in to Manila, Philippines for the third annual. Not so much annual, David, because it hasn't really been every year, but they are having it, the WBC Female Boxing Convention. This year is going to be in Manila, Philippines. It had been announced some months ago there was going to be in Hermosillo, Sonora, Mexico, which is about an hour and a half flight from Tijuana. But some type of uh, some some uh, big investors swept in there with the WBC and offered to not only host the WBC female uh, boxing convention, but also I believe like the, an Asian version of a boxing convention for the WBC, and I think some other conventions. So there's going to be like three conventions in one happening in Manila this weekend, and the female boxing one being one. I've seen on social media that. Our very own Melissa Saintville is already over there jumping into the pool. Uh, Sulem Urbina, <laughs> uh, the female fighter from Hermosillo, Sonora, fighting out of Phoenix, is also already there. And um, I think more on their way, David. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of Franchon Cruz. He's there, too. There you go. So let's see what happens here at the female convention. I've been to the first two. The first one was at Playa del Carmen, right next to Cancun, and the second one was right here in Tijuana, Mexico. They have uh, they have you know seminars. They have the rankings. Uh, they have big parties. Uh, they have uh, a, a dinner. Um, so let's see what happens, and let's see if anything develops out of. Uh, the WBC convention. We know that, that the WBC is very strong in having 10 round championship fights. They, have, they don't want to go to 12 rounds. And there are very big supporters, if not the biggest supporter of female fighting, staying for two minute rounds and not three minutes rounds. They, they have oh, made, yeah. yeah, they've made research on it. They mentioned, I've been at the seminars where they gave the research about it, and they just say that female fighters cannot sustain that their that their physical that their bodies, their heads, their um, uh, necks can sustain punches for three minutes per round. That's according to their medical research, David. Yeah, I've had arguments with them. I don't agree nah. with them, but hey. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I've gotten into it. I've gotten into with the WBC over different topics, not so much the two-minute versus three-minute round. The last one that I had uh-huh. uh, was the the supposed the supposed one-pound um, leverage for the menstrual cycle for female boxers. And you know, yeah, here live on our show a couple of uh, shows ago, we had Franchon Cruz, the newly crowned 
168-pound WBC champion. We asked her if she was made aware of that rule. She said none whatsoever, and she didn't believe in the rule. I've asked other people off the air, other fighters off the air, if they ever heard of that rule. None of them have, but the fight that brought on that conversation with the WBC is actually happening on December 8th at the Subhub Center, which David mentioned some minutes ago, where the interim WBC Adam weight champion, Brenda Flores, that's 182 pounds, actually went over the weight limit by half a pound, and the WBC allowed her to fight and not reweigh herself and not go down to the 102-pound uh, limit because she claimed that she was on her menstrual cycle and she was retaining water, which women tend to do when they are on their menstrual cycle. And the WBC claimed that that was a rule that was on their bylaws and on their contract. I have the chance to see those bylaws and those contracts, and I've never seen that rule. So um, there you go. So let's see what happens at the rematch, which is set for December 8th. Now, David, any other news and notes, any other tidbits? You are on the beat in L.A. You've been to the gyms. You've visited Cecilia Breakhouse at her gym. Anything else that you may have hidden up your sleeve regarding female boxing? Well, I expect to see Naoko Fujioka tomorrow. She just arrived from Japan today. She's going to be at the Double Chi Hotel tomorrow in Ontario, California, uh, watching the fight, and she'll be training with Ben Lita. If anybody knows Ben Lita, he is the one that trained Mariana Barbie Juarez years ago and Lourdes uh, Lulu Juarez also. So is she going to be making a camp now with Ben Lita or like she has done before, she only swings by for a little bit and then moves on and goes back to Japan? Well, it's because of the visa problem. If she had her way, if she could sign with a promoter here in America, then she would be, you know, able to stay here. But because she's only in a tourist visa, she has to leave after a certain amount of days. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Okay, and, and, well, then you'll give us a full report on our next show, which is scheduled for November 29th here on Block Talk Radio, forward slash two-minute round, every other Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. And hopefully you can let us know uh, what's in store for her. You know, she is. A world champion right now. She's held titles in, I believe, five divisions. David, am I correct? Uh, yes, yes, five divisions. She's held uh, titles in five divisions, and you know she had a great fight against Yocasta Valle of Costa Rica, and we were hoping to see the rematch of that soon. That has not happened, so we'll see what uh, Naoko Fuyoka, which who is considered the best female Japanese female fighter to ever live, and let's see what she brings on. Uh, in 2018, and I'm sure David was going to get the nitty-gritty from her. Absolutely. Whether you have it, folks, let's go and move on to the last uh, leg of our show here, the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at female boxing number 52. If you missed it, we had not only uh, then Cecilia Breakhouse here on the show, we had very short time with her because obviously she's very busy. She needs to get a rest because she's getting ready for her fight December 8th. So if you weren't able to listen to it live, feel free to uh, download the episode or listen to it through Block Talk Radio. And you can find us at blocktalkradio.com forward slash the two minute round or um, on any other of the uh, podcasting 
uh, apps, which could be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, TuneIn Raiders, Spreaker, Audio Boom. We're on all of them. Okay, so if you have, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that Cecilia Breakhouse um, interview earlier today, you can catch us uh, on there once the uh, podcast is over and it uploads to those um, apps in about 10, 15 minutes once the show is over. So, starting off with this Saturday, November 17th, this fight is going to be broadcast on being the Being Channel in the United States or on the Azteca Channel in Mexico. And now with... Diego de la Hoya not making weight because of quote unquote dehydration and it looks like he's in the hospital because of it. The fight between Isteles and Yes Estrada with against Deborah Renfijo for the vacant WBC silver 180 pound title has been moved up as a main event. So this, even though Estrada is almost uh un- she's undefeated with almost 20 fights, this is gonna be her first title opportunity it is for the silver wbc 108 pound title she doesn't need any help in the rankings since she's ranked in the top 10 if not in the top five and she is fighting a fighter with some experience but i believe that tinesa strata should win this fight handily david yeah absolutely i mean she's um she hasn't lost around in four years um it's uh and Deborah Ring, Deborah, how do you pronounce the last one? Renjifo. Yeah, she she's she's had uh, three world title challenges in the past, so so she has experience. Uh, but she'll be facing the best fighters she's faced in a long time, and Denise Estrada, who is very fast, very technical, and um, she's also she's got a mean streak in her. So I don't expect this fight to last ten rounds. Hmm. Now, we'll see because I think Rafiq was pretty tough, and she actually went six rounds mm-hmm. with Sandra Robles, who I think in her home, in Venezuela, Sandra Robles went down to Venezuela and fought her and beat her. And she actually handed her her first defeat. She was undefeated up to that point before Sandra Robles uh, faced her in Venezuela. And I think Sandra Robles hits as hard, if not a little bit harder than Sinesa. They're both not known as knockout artists, so. Renfijo does have a chin on her, uh, but that fight against Sandra Robles has been some years ago, and Renfijo has been in some wars since then. So she might not be the same fighter that faced Robles back in Venezuela some years ago. But let's see what happens against Inés Estrada. And hopefully this is the first step towards Inés Estrada facing um, some bigger names, some bigger names. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think the best opponent that she has ever faced was Anaí Torres, who yeah. is a tough fighter. They, Anaí Torres actually handed Lulu Haren her first uh, defeat. But uh, uh, Anaí Torres is still, you know, beside, despite her experience and, and the fact that she beat Lulu Haren and handed her her first defeat, in the best sense in the world and without uh, trying to disrespect her, she's an opponent. You know, she's an opponent. So I think it's time that we don't see Cines Estrada against opponents, but we see her actually fight contenders or, or fighters or p- fighters that are not there to, to hand her a win or, or to be another name in her in her record, but actually fight. And uh, Deborah Renjifo, I don't think that this is 
her. I don't think she's this type of fighter, but I think with Estrada winning this title, hopefully it forces her team's hand and Golden Boy Promotions to have her fight some names out there. Yeah, I think this is the first step. I think from here on out, it'll just be contenders. Uh, And I think, you know, I'm sure that's the way she wants it. Uh, She's already, what is it, 26 years old. Um, Now's the time. Now's the time for her to do it. She's in the right, she's with the right promotion company, Golden Boy. They can give her any fight that she she wants. Uh, She has TV. I mean, she's there. There's no going backwards. Once you fight for a title, there's no going backwards. There's only going forward. And like you say, all the, all all the pieces are there, so it's not it's not like an Adeliza Reese situation where like, well, there isn't enough money because I'm I'm selling my own ticket. She has the money. Well, I want to fight on TV. This fight deserves to be on TV. Well, you're fighting. You, you fought on ESPN before. You're gonna fight on the second largest network in Mexico, so you have the TV. So you gotta fight, and it's time for her to fight. And I think. I hopefully, like you mentioned, David, this is the first step, and hopefully in 2019 we see her in a signature fight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've known Tanisha for a long time. I've known her for 10 years, and she's a very gutsy fighter, very, very gutsy. It's really her her team that that are very careful with her. I mean, she's the type that would have fought Marlon Esparza five, six years ago. She, I mean, she's mm-hmm. just like that. It, but her team is the one that holds her back. Uh, I, I think, but once you win a title, it doesn't matter. You have to fight, you know, the best after that. There's no going backwards. Yeah, and she's ranked high enough that if she, she goes after a fighter in her weight class, uh, more than likely that fight could be made because she's ranked and it makes sense to fight her, especially since she has the backing of Golden Boy Promotions. And with that should come some kind of purse. So the same night, David, uh, this Saturday night from the Gimnasio Miguel Hidalgo in Puebla, Mexico, Promotiones del Pueblo, is going to give us on Televisa. Yvette La Roca Zamora, also known as La Guerrera Otomi, making her first defense of the WBC 112-pound title against uh, hard-hitting Japanese Chaos Minowa. Uh, there is this, hopefully there's going to be a preview. I sent it in to David. I'm just waiting for the edit and for it to be posted on theprizefighters.com regarding this fight. And Samora, basically, in my in my opinion, David, she's renting that WBC 112-pound title. We all know that the legitimate champion in that weight class is Jessica Laquica Chavez. Laquica Chavez yep. just had a baby, so I'm sure she'll be coming back in 2019. And I believe she's the champion in recess. So if she wants to, she could go directly towards a, a challenge of Yvette Samora for the title. They faced each other before. Samora has beaten her before. So I think that's going to be a great, great fight once it happens. But in the meantime, Samora is going to be defending that title against Japanese Chaos Minowa. Yeah, I mean, the Japanese always come to fight. They don't play around. They're not yeah, there to, to, to score points. They're out there to, to beat you down. And this fighter is, I think she's like six and one, seven and one, David. She's won all her fights by um, knockout. Uh, even though she has a little yeah. bit of, uh, she doesn't have, she has less than 10 fights as a pro. She has anywhere from 150 to 200 amateur fights. So she's experienced. And she's mentioned that she's coming to knock Yvette Samora out because she feels that that's the only way that she could win in Mexico. And, um, 
and she's going to put on a fight. So let's see, because Zamora, uh, even though she's not a great technical fighter, she has a lot of heart, and she throws a lot of punches. So let's see what happens in Puebla, Mexico, and that's going to be broadcast on Televisa. Also on The Zone, this Saturday night from Kansas Star Arena in Mulvane, Kansas, Clarissa Shields will be facing Hannah Rankin and a 10-rounder for the IBF, WBA, and the vacant WBC 160-pound title. So um, this is she's fighting for the title that she was supposed to fight. Um, her name, Christina Hammer. Christina Hammer. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and in and, and, and typical Clarissa Shields manner, she doesn't have a, a filter, and she says she calls it like she sees it, and it got a little bit heated at the final press conference. I don't know if you guys have caught the video of that, and basically Shields saying that, you know, this fight shouldn't be she, – she's not going to go the distance. Yeah, well, that's, you know, she's she's training now with John David Jackson, and specifically, I spoke to Clarissa uh, yesterday, and specifically, she told me that the reason she's with John David Jackson is she wants his knockouts, and uh, John David Jackson has been pointing some things out to her. If you don't know, know the name John David Jackson, he was a middleweight champion in the 90s, and uh, he also trained uh, Sergei Kovalev, mm-hmm. and um, so... He knows what he's talking about. He's got her sitting down in her punches and working on timing and issues like that. So look for Clarissa to go for that knockout. She doesn't. She's not trying to outpoint her. She just wants to knock her out. Yeah, it's a, John David Jackson is an experienced trainer and experienced fighter. Um, I'm impressed by the fact that you know he's willing to work with the Clarissa Shields. A lot of these old school trainers, and he's he's not that old school, but you know he's been around the block quite a few times. They tend to shy away from working with the women, but there's no way that you can say no to a Clarissa Shields, two-time gold medalist, you know, multi-world champion in less than ten fights. So when she comes a knocking, you open the door and you put on your mitts and you start working the mitts with her, and that's what John David Jackson did, and and, and kudos for him, right? And, and we're going to see this Saturday night. And also the fact that she's on the zone even makes it better. She's known to find a showtime. She has a contract. Well, not necessarily her, but her team has one. Uh, Salida Promotions, Dimitri Salida, her promoter, Mark Taffet, her co-manager. I'm sure she's going to be back on showtime. But near, but for the yeah. fact that we're nearing the end of the, of the year, maybe showtime just couldn't give her a date. And, and that's why they opted to allow her to fight on the zone, which is – a perfect fit. I think it's a great idea, and I hope we start seeing a lot more female fighters on the zone because I, for one, am a subscriber to the zone, and I think it's a great app. Yeah, you know, I think uh, uh, maybe this will open up the doors towards competition. Uh, competition means bigger purses for women. I think it's good for everybody because if Showtime wants to start competing with the zone and ESPN starts competing with the other two uh, and Fox gets into it too, we can see competition, and that'll raise the purses up for all the women. And maybe, you know, just maybe, cross your fingers, we see women making those million-dollar paydays like the men. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'd be all for it. And if it's on the zone, even better, because I think the app is very well uh, made. Um, it's, it's a very good app. And lastly, in our fight uh, preview, Tuesday, November 20th, Ayako Miyao will be facing Nao Ikeyama in a 10-rounder for the interim WBA Adam Weight title. That's going to be in Japan, and it's an all-female fight card with five more bouts. 
five more female bouts in Japan on Tuesday, November 20th. And we'll be back here on November 29th on the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female fight world. Go ahead, David. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and we'll be talking about all these fights. We'll be talking about Sinister Strato's performance against Deborah Rencigo. We'll be talking about Ibe Zamora against Charles Minowa. We'll be talking about Clarissa Shields against Hannah Rankin. And then we'll see who we're going to get on an interview. Maybe we'll get Luther Bella. Maybe we'll get somebody else. But more than likely, we are going to have somebody with us here, like we just had today, none other than Cecilia Breakhouse, the undefeated welterweight champion and considered number one pound-for-pound female fighter in the world. David, any closing thoughts? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, just uh, mark down your, your dates. Uh, uh, to, uh, on Saturday, Clarissa Shields will be fighting. Also, Sinisa Estrada is fighting. Both on, will be televised or streamed. And then on December 8th, Cecilia Breakhouse and Louisa Houghton will be on that Stub Hub card in Los Angeles, and that'll be on HBO. Yeah, and we'll, be, and we'll be deep diving onto those two fights on our next show, November 29th. So with that said, David and I, we bid you good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.